If you have your Bible uh, today, if you turn with me to Luke 11, we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 13. The title of the message uh, today is Pray Now. Pray Now. Don't wait till later. Pray Now. Let's look at uh, the scripture. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any one of you that is his father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. I believe that uh, most Christians today at one time or another in their lives have difficulty praying. Has that been your experience? You know, sometime, not all the time, but sometime, it seems like it's a little harder to pray than other times. Sometimes I think we have this question in our mind just exactly, what should I pray for? Should I just Pray for the huge things, the life and death issues, the uh, national calamity issues, uh, the uh, big issues uh, about the strength of the dollar. Uh, What, you know, just the big things. Should I just uh, pray about those? Or should I pray sometimes about kind of the medium things? Maybe not life and death, but important things. Uh, in our lives? Should we pray about that? And every once in a while, should we bother God or not to mention some of the little things, the little things that aren't important to anybody but us? Should we do that? Well, Jesus himself said, your father in heaven knows what you have need of before you even ask him. Well, some say the best prayer that we could offer Uh, would be this, thy will be done, amen. Uh, They say, that's it. You know, that's kind of the heart of it, so that's what we need to say. I disagree with that. Uh, Sometimes we have skeptics, we have agnostics, who say things flippantly about prayer. Of course, their opinion is to be discounted because they have never really gotten into the experience of really talking with the Father. It's like someone who knows nothing about music being critical of a Beethoven symphony. Uh, It's not Beethoven's ability, nor the millions and millions of people that enjoy his music that are suspect. It's the opinion, the evaluation of the person that is critical of it. Sometimes we just don't understand the situation. Uh, isn't that true? We just sometimes we don't understand the situation. The passenger was in the back seat of the taxi cab, and he reached up to ask the uh, cab driver something. He tapped him on the shoulder, and the cab driver just screamed, and he lost control of the car, and he almost hit a bus, and he went up on the sidewalk. And it stopped just inches in front of a gigantic plate uh, glass window in a store. Uh, 
And it was really scary. Uh, For a second, everything was quiet uh, in the car. And then the cab driver said, Mister, don't ever do that again. You scared me to death. Don't ever do that again. And the passenger said, Well, I'm I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to ask you a question. I didn't know that it would be so frightening to you. The cab driver thought about it for a minute, and he said, well, he said, you're right, you're right. I, I shouldn't have gotten so upset. It's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get on you about it. He said, uh, I, I just need to tell you, today is my first day as a cab driver. <laughs> he said, for the last 30 years, I have been driving a hearse. You need a careful examination of the situation before you really understand. I wonder if any of us would venture to propose that all of the powerful men and women of prayer that are in church history, from Elijah all the way on up to Billy Graham, have, when they began to pray, Uh, Were they involved in something that was unrealistic or something foolish? Let me confess today again that sometimes it's difficult, rarely, but sometimes difficult for me to pray. I think every honest Christian would admit that. I find that I pray much more fervently when I am in pain or I'm in need or I'm in fear. Those three things are there when I really, really, really uh, get down to brass tacks. I once saw a policeman out directing traffic. It was at night, and there was a driving rain coming down, and there had been an accident. And he had a flashlight, and he was trying to direct people around the uh, accident. And one fellow didn't uh, see Uh, the policeman, and he drove right into him and knocked him up in the air about five feet and about 15 feet down the road. As I sat there in the rain, I saw all of that. And it, it just, I mean, it was just like a horror movie developing right in front of you. And it was just, it was just terrible. I pulled my car over to the side and I got out and I ran over to the policeman. I thought, you know, he's gonna be dead. And I got over there, and he said, Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Just over and over again. And I leaned over to him, and I said, "Uh, Well, God will help you. Uh, God is here with you even now, and he's going to help you in this experience in your life. And I tried to kind of calm him down a little bit, uh, he was yelling out and continued to yell it, even after I'd said that to him. He was in pain, he was in need, and he was in fear. And his prayer was real, and it was very, very focused. I know many people who have never prayed regularly until they got critically ill, and then they get into it. Some pray for the pennies 
in the hands of God. The penny that will buy bread or the penny that will uh, pay to have a big tumor taken out of our body or the penny that will help uh, the person that is critically ill, that's a good friend. I believe real prayer is when we pray not for the pennies in the hand of God, but the ability to reach out and to take the hand of God itself. If we're praying that God would answer this need and then answer that need, it's like praying for the pennies in the hand of God. And then when we have enough spending money that we can deal with the issues that confront us, we don't need the Lord again until we need some more pennies. Whoever prays to God in a moment of need and all the rest of the time just regards God as kind of a good guy that is in some far distant place, they are simply cheating themselves. As Jesus walked on earth, there were some that followed him just because he fed them. He could make bread and fish out of nothing. He could uh, find some food for those that were hungry. He could work to continuing miracles. It was, just, it was just unbelievable to watch him. But they followed because they were hungry. They hadn't had anything to eat in a long time, and, and they watched as they were around Jesus. Somehow or another, food was there. And so they were kind of like street people, kind of like beggars that were following the Lord. Many of his followers were there and were interested uh, just in one thing. They had one burning question or one burning issue that they wanted to present to Jesus. And so they would fight, you know, through the crowd and try and get up to him so they could ask their question. He could meet their need. And so finally they would do that, and Jesus would speak to them and deal with the big pressing issue that they had. And once they had that answer, then they were satisfied, and they would just leave. They failed to realize that the Lord and Master of all the world, of all the universe, was right in their presence, standing right in front of them. The one who could meet every need, who could answer every question. He was right there. Unwittingly, just move away after the one question that they had was answered. They completely overlooked that the hand of Jesus was reaching out to them, that he could not only give them the loaves and the fishes, but the answer to any question, any need that they would ever meet in their lives. If they could have caught sight of the giver behind the gift, the Savior behind the loaves of bread, then that experience would really, really have meant a great, great deal to them. And they would have stayed with Jesus all of their lives. In our passage, the son asked something of his father. You know, when we pray, we're talking to our heavenly father. And we're trying as best we can to, to get a response 
we want to hear from our Heavenly Father. We want to, to know the next step to take or the, or the right turn to take or the right thing to say, the right thing to do, whatever it might be. The passage talks about real prayer, not futile wishes. If someone says in prayer, Lord, may your truth reign in my heart and may I have a new banjo. Or they say, Lord, may your truth reign in my, in my heart, and may I have that new villa down by the sea. That really is no prayer. That's kind of pious nonsense. The scripture says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever... Ask and not receive? You know, you think back and you say to yourself, well, yes, I have, that has happened to me. I've asked for something and I didn't get it. Yes, that's happened to me a number of times. I've asked for a lot of things that I didn't get. Well, God answers in a lot of different ways. The scripture does not say he who asks for bread will get bread. Notice that in our text. It doesn't say that. It says he won't get a stone. I believe God always answers the prayers of sincere Christians, not, however, always like we want him to answer. I've prayed for some foolish things in my life. When I was a little kid, I saw a war movie, and, and the hero had these big scars across his face and chest, and I thought, boy, that looks so manly. And I remember praying that night, Lord, give me some scars like that. <laughs> I thought that would really make me something. Have you ever prayed for something that was totally out of the historic will of God? Have you ever done that? Some people prayed that slavery would continue in the U.S., well, that prayer was answered, and the answer was no. Real clear, real definite. We might be praying for things in the future that if they happened would be very, very bad for us. I hope that we all know that prayer is a very serious business and should not be done glibly without thought and reverence for the one to whom we're praying. We need to pray now for our country. You know, I, I think back uh, over the years of my life, and I, I think, you know, race relations have gotten a lot better. Uh, you know, it's just been a kind of a continuum of progress, and uh, things are really getting better. And then all of a sudden, something like this Ferguson thing just blows up right in our face. Not only there, but in other cities, other places around the country, around the world. We need to pray now for issues like that. Let me tell you some things that should be in every prayer. These parts of your prayer will give it a structure. You know, if you can think in these ways as you are constructing the prayer in your mind, there should be some praise in your prayer. 
We need to always uh, thank God for his creation, for the beauty, the wonder of that which uh, we are able to see, the beauty of the sunset, the beauty of the rain, the beauty of all the places where we go on vacation and uh, we see in the movies. It's just unbelievable. We need to give praise that we can come literally into the presence of God. We don't have to go through some intermediary person or, or group or situation. We need to give praise to God that we can worship freely. You know, in a lot of uh, countries around the world today, you can't do that. If you even act like you're praying to Jesus, you'll just, they'll just take you out and kill you uh, right then. We need to have praise in our prayer. There should be thanksgiving. You know, I think we forget. Uh, to be thankful for all the things that we have. You know, we, we forget about the people that don't have any shoes, and we have a number of pairs of shoes. We, we forget to be thankful for the car that we have that can take us around to do all the stuff that we feel like we need to do, a home to live in that's warm, that shelters us from the elements, that we can have friends you know, that uh, love us, care about us, check on us. That's really a wonderful thing. Thirdly, there should be some petition in our prayer. Uh, but let me, let me say this quickly after I mention that. If your prayers are all petitions, Lord, give me this, and Lord, give me that, and Lord, I want this, and I want that, and I don't know why, Lord, I don't have this, and I want this other thing. If that's all that our prayers are about, we're, we're not praying correctly. If we just pray, thy will be done, and none of our faith is activated, then what we have done is, is not pleasing to God. If we turn everything over to God and say, you work it out, uh, that might sound pious, but it really shows a lack of faith on our part. Pray for your family, that they would be strong spiritually. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. You need to really be lifting them up closer to the Lord. You need to have a continuing influence for Christ in their life. You need to pray for our church that it would continue to be evangelistic and caring and friendly. We need to pray for our building program, uh, that it would just continue to move uh, forward as it is. We need to pray that our offerings would go up uh, to cover the $8,000 in addition every month uh, to cover the bonds that we've sold. We need to pray about that. I hope we will always be ready and, and ready to be really, really involved in our prayers. We should not just mouth the words. We should not do just vain repetitions. We really need to talk with the Heavenly Father to make a, a place, a time in our schedule when we get with Him, really get with Him. He loves each one of us, and He wants to hear from each one of us each day, each day. He wants to hear from us. 
He wants us to pray now. When a doubt comes to your heart, your mind, your soul, he wants us to pray now. When some big issue confronts us that we need to make decisions about, he wants us to pray now if there are uh, physical needs or economic needs or relational needs, whatever it might be. Remember, there are four answers to prayer. Whenever I preach about prayer, I always mention this. God says, yes, number one, uh, you can have what you're praying for. You pray for something, God gives it to you. Yes. Number two, there is the answer, no. You can't have what you're praying for. Some people pray to marry the wrong person. Do you remember back? Did you do that? Did you pray to marry the wrong person? You remember? Uh, a lot of you are shaking your heads. Uh, did you ever pray to win the lottery? And if you had won, it would have been the most horrendous thing that ever happened to you. When I was a kid, there was a show on TV called The Millionaire. You remember that? And uh, every week, it would be the story of somebody winning a million dollars. And more than half the time, it turned out to be real bad for them. You know, it wasn't a happy ending. You know, we, we, we need to know that. Some of the things that we're praying for, we, we really need to get the answer no because it's not a good thing for us. And then thirdly, there is the answer wait or later. Maybe you're not ready for that for which you're praying. And four, uh, there is the answer that God will give you more than you pray for. That's the one we really like, isn't it? That's our favorite. We pray for something. God gives us not only that, but more. And God answers that way a lot. William Barclay, in his commentary about this passage, said this. If we do not receive what we pray for, it is not because God grudgingly refuses to give it to us but because he has some better thing for us. There's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. The answer given may not be what we wanted or what we expected, what we desired, even when it is a refusal of our wishes. It is the answer of the love and the wisdom of God. Pray now that we could receive his blessings with that attitude. Well, today is a wonderful, beautiful day. It's a day when we gathered together in God's house. And it's a day I hope that each one here will be praying for a closer walk with him. For some of you, that might be that you would trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. You might want to say today, Father, forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me. And I want to place my faith and my trust in Christ as my Lord and Savior. There are those here today that are already believers that have been visiting with us for a good while. Maybe the prayer that you would want to give today is, Lord, Lord, 
uh, direct me in the ways that you would have me to go. Lord, direct me to a church family where I can serve, where I can be active, where I can be a part of the ministering team. If you're here today and you know that you have spiritual gifts but you're not using them, please come and join with us and serve the Lord by exercising the spiritual gifts that you have uh, through the auspices of this church. Today, if there are other spiritual decisions that you want to make, don't hold back. Just uh, slip out, slip forward. There's an empty pew here. You can come up and pray. One of our staff will come and pray with you. Uh, Perhaps there's a major decision of, of salvation or church membership that you'd like to make. However the Lord leads I pray during these moments that you would follow it. Let's stand as we sing together. I'll be waiting here at the front.